This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. Think about the things, the stories that you share and ask yourself why you chose the ones that you play on repeat. Do they tell you what truly matters to you? Do they tell others what truly matters to you? This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. One of my beloved memories, and it's one that I trot out a lot and often embellish at dinner parties, it's something that happened to me almost 40 years ago. So we all have those stories. You know, they're the ones that when you first hear them, they're exciting and they're fascinating. But after 30 years of marriage, they likely make your partner roll their eyes or excuse themselves to the bathroom in order not to be witnessed rolling said eyes. When you've been married a long time, you can practically give over those stories of your spouse's verbatim with the same pauses and inflections that they usually share them with. And we're all guilty. We call them our little darlings. They're those social lubricants that are our go-tos whenever a situation allows them. And our kids know them well, too, because often the stories are about them. And then we can cue the eye rolls without the polite escape to the bathroom. Our kids love to throw us under the bus when you trot out these little darlings. One of my sons told me, I don't listen to your podcast, Ma, because, well... All I do is talk about you and them and tell stories, and I've heard them a million times before. Okay, fair. But this story isn't about them. It was a Christmas Eve in Toronto 40 years ago, and at the time, I was dating someone who wasn't Jewish, and so we went to a Christmas party at one of their friends' homes. Now, this friend was a fairly famous actor and married to an equally famous wife. And I was pumped. In my quest to climb socially in those days, it would have been enough just to say I'd been there. But then this happened. We were standing around the Christmas tree drinking, you guessed it, eggnog with rum. And there were carols playing, and the tree actually had candles in it instead of tree lights. It was all very Dickensian, and the place was packed with other actors and their spouses. I was just beside myself. Behind me, the host was talking animatedly with another actor. Naturally, I was listening in. And this is what I heard. Yes, he said, I have a grant to go back to Poland, to the town where my parents were hidden during the war. I'm going to direct a documentary and bring my parents with me. We're going to meet the couple who hid them while she was pregnant with me. Because he was born in a DP camp after the war ended. So my ears perked up. You see, I knew this actor was Jewish. His name betrayed him. But Jewishly interested, well, that was another story. And then he turns back to his friend and he says, this town is no longer on the map, but we know exactly where it is. It's called Pinchev. I froze. Pinchev? That's the shtetl my grandmother came from. Tales of that town were another piece of my family lore. I spun around and I said to him, Did you say Pinchev? I asked, my mouth gaping. Yeah, he said. Have you heard of it? Heard of it? 
My family is from there. How can this be? No way, he said. I wonder if my parents knew your family. Let's call them in Miami right now and ask them. Of course, it was Miami because that's the other holy land for Jews. And so we did. And not only did his elderly parents know my grandmother's family, my family had the bakery and his family was the flour mill. His mother told me everything she remembered about them, and especially she remembered my grandmother getting on the boat to come to America. Well, it actually turned out to be Canada, but never mind. Apparently, she had seen her off with other friends. And then we connected them to my grandparents who spoke to them the very next day. The entire party had ground to a halt while people listened in awe to this. What I now know is HP, Hashkacha Pratis, higher power, an odd or God moment. The evening had taken a very different turn. Both the host and I and the other actor, also a member of the tribe, were all basking in the thrill of the moment, the connections we'd made, the meaningful experience that made our blood quicken. And then one of the guests turned to the three of us and said, my goodness, this truly is a Christmas miracle. And the host turned to her and said, yes, exactly like the first one, a Jew was born. I remember going to that party with a clear agenda about being with famous people. I left feeling more like a Jew than I had for years. And I realized the power of memory and connections, that they can quickly bring us back to our essential identities. And for Jews, that's being a Jew. That's where are your people from? That's where were they during the war? That's are we related? It's called Jewish geography. And it's a game we Jews play wherever we are. It's practically our birthright. In Avi Noam Pat's article about why Jewish memory matters, he says the following. Judaism is a religion built on a foundation of memory. In his masterwork on the subject, Zachor, Jewish History and Jewish Memory, the historian Yosef Chaim Yerushalmi notes that the Hebrew word for remember, Zachor, is repeated nearly 200 times in the Bible, with both Israel and God commanded to remember, to remember the Sabbath, to remember the covenant, to remember the exodus from Egypt. As Yerushalmi suggests, one might argue that the commandment to remember has been central to the survival of the Jews in dispersion over thousands of years. How else can we explain the continuity of the Jewish people through millennia of migration, of persecution, destruction, and renewal. So it's almost Memorial Day in America. That's the day we remember the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. For those who have lost family or friends, they don't need one day a year to remember. They never forget. But memories that are shared in the collective consciousness can be powerful tools for societal consciousness raising. Think about the things, the stories, those little darlings that you share and ask yourself why you chose the ones that you play on repeat. Do they tell you what truly matters to you? Do they tell others what truly matters to you? This week, 
As we are mandated to remember, let's take some time to examine which memories we overshare and which ones we've just swept under the rug. Perhaps there's lessons and stories to mine for our own growth and identity that have never learned from them. Then, let's talk about them. Don't we all need new little darlings to trot out at dinner parties anyway? Besides, your partner's eye sockets will thank you. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.